Yes, guys, welcome back to the original judo podcast. And it is not just me wittering on nonsense about judo today. I am delighted to be joined by the one and only Connor Anders. Um, Connor, uh, VI judoka, he's just come back from Nur Sultan in Kazakhstan, uh, having secured a seventh place. Fighting like a monster. Um, he's currently uh, world ranked number 10 at under 73 kilos in the J1 category. Connor, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's good to be on here. We've been planning this for a while, haven't we? <laughs> We've been planning you sound ever so shy. <laughs> this, is not, this is not like you on the mat at all. No, like, no. <laughs> I've got occasionally, I get the privilege of coaching Connor, and um, he's very disrespectful. So this yeah. is, it's nice to see him. <laughs> Without without being able to, to talk, it's interesting. So how how was the weekend? You're just back from Kazakhstan, or back a week from Kazakhstan? Like how did it go? It was really good. Um, so um, I had some good preparation, trying to get as much training in as I could. Um, I went into it with a good mentality. Um, the first fight was someone who I lost to previously, who I shouldn't have lost to. So I wanted to sort him out basically. So that <laughs> was my, that was my motivation for that first fight. Um, Second fight, I had an Italian guy. Um, I lost to him, but I think he's definitely beatable, 100% beatable. Um, he's, he's not got much standing judo, but he's very, very good at Nawaza, so good groundwork. Um, beats everybody on groundwork, so I need to front for Ippon, really. Uh, but the second, the third fight, um, I beat him. He was, I was comfortable. It lasted a while, but I was comfortable all the way through and managed to throw him with a big big Makikomi, which everyone seemed pleased with, so, yeah. <laughs> Love that. So, I guess, um, it's been uh, a few changes recently to uh, the VI Paralympic rules, and yeah. I think one of the things I wanted to talk about today was, like, how that's working out for you, because you've been fighting on the international circuit now, I think, looking back at my notes, since 2016, yeah. you've, you've had a, a couple of Europeans, yeah. Um and it fought under the, the old system, the Tokyo system, which my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong in a second, was athletes were classified on their level of vision from B1 to B4, and the Olympic, the Olympic event was open to those athletes within B1 to B3. Yeah, that's, that's right, yeah. Okay. How's it changed? So the J1 category and J2 categories are now, so J1 is like me, uh, and then J2 is B2s and 3s. So, so separating blind people from sighted okay. people, basically. So give me a bit, a little bit more information. J one, what does what does that mean? It means no functional vision. Okay. So like when I get around, you see, I get guided, like people grip up with me because yeah. I can't see them, so I don't have any functional functional yeah. sight. Where a J two, they can you know they can play football on the mat and and go and do what they want. Like they don't have the same restrictions from a visual perspective, so they can. Okay. They can see each other more clearly. They've got better sight. So we, we, we're two competitions into this kind of new Paralympic cycle. The qualification hasn't started yet, but you, you know, you've, you've had two world ranking events and put you into world top 10. What, how is it different under this system than it was under the last system? How does it feel different for you? Um, it's better. Okay. Um, the, there is more, it's an even playing field to the, for the most part. Um, the previous system was um, d diplomatically it, it was it was rubbish. 
<laughs> from from a sight perspective, like if you can't see or like like me, you've had deteriorating vision, which has caused like a large amount of problems, with, and it, as it does for some people, you're fighting people who can compete fine in mainstream events, yeah, and can compete in mainstream in VI events, um, which is obviously a massive disadvantage. People like to say, um, oh, it doesn't make much difference. Who can see? Who can't see? But you know, it doesn't make no sense. If you can see, you've got such an advantage. You can see shoulders, feet movement, yeah. what what people are doing. And it was put in, and there are exceptional B1 fighters who do, who did excel in the other system as well. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. But for the most part, B1s were really a massive disadvantage. Okay. Um, which so the new system is so much better. I mean, we do have a few. Uh, I mean, I know we have a few cheats. In, right. in there now, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about it. I, yeah, I think it needs calling out when you see, when you see it because it, you know, like you need to call it out. So they've still not got that classification. No, right. no. There's a few people who obviously are cheating, okay. but it's better than it was, much better, and they've really made an effort to try and level the playing field. Yeah. What what is the classification process like? How how have you ended up as a, a J1 as opposed to a J2? Now you've talked about your sights, yeah. but what what's the process that you go through? Um, to get categorised and end up fighting in hopefully the right uh, category. So you have to go to a, a classifier. I did one in this country. I've done a few uh, in this country to be fair, but um, you go to them, they test your sort of eligibility for an international classification. So they'll write all your notes down. They'll have all your medical evidence, you know, what your condition is, doctor's notes, things like that. Um, they'll put you down as what they think you are and say you're eligible. Um, and then you go to an international classification and then they'll just test you. I feel like that could be quite a stressful event. Um, if, could, yeah. Potentially if you're on the boundaries of yeah. one or the other yeah. um, or it means you're going to change and it's something you're it, not it used to. It could be, yeah. It, it, it can be and it has been for people definitely a stressful event. Um, for me, I'm quite lucky in a way because my eyes are that damaged that they would never put me in any other category. Okay. Like it's it's quite clear cut. So in that way, I'm quite lucky. Although they did say to me, uh, because it's rare for people to have 0% vision, like mm -hmm. no light, dark, anything. There was, they said, oh, because it's so rare, you might have to do an electrode scan. Oh, right, okay. And I was like, go on then. <laughs> bring <laughs> you know, bring it on. Do, do, do what you we, want. We don't okay. believe yeah. it. Cool. But, yeah, but if you're on the boundary, it can be difficult. That's not the only change that's happened to VR Judo. So, in a, I guess, in a way to accommodate for the um, two kind of J1 and J2 site categories, um, they've got rid of a lot of weight. So, you've moved up from 66 to 73 kilos. Yeah. And um, how are you finding that? Um, Have they got rid of categories? What, what's been happening? So, it's six, so, what we've got now, we've got 60 kilos, 73s under 90s and plus 90s okay so some quite big big uh, categories so um yeah i've moved up to 73s I, I couldn't have gotten to 60s it would have been it would have been well i don't think i would have been able to do it and if i did do it it would have been unsustainable did you cut weight for 66 i cut about three kilos four kilos yeah right okay so you were already at like 69 70 yeah yeah fair like if i was really really strict i could be about 68 <laughs> Right, okay. So that's still eight kilos. and Yeah. yeah. It's, it was too much. wouldn't have been beneficial to me. So, yeah, moved up to 73s. Um, they might change it back to 66s. 
Right. So I'm, I'm hesitant to bulk into the category at the minute because I don't right. want to do it and then have to have yeah, to lose it so. again. So. so they're talking about changing it to go 66, 81, uh, um, 100s or? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Okay. Cool. 66, 81 and then a plus plus an under something. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Cool. Um, so what's coming up for you? Like what are the next events? You've just, I think, I don't know if we said, but you, you talk about how Nur Sultan, seventh place in Kazakhstan is your best result to date. Yeah. Um, what's what's coming up? What are we looking for in the future? Where do you want to get to? Um, I'd I'd like to go to the Paralympics. Okay. Um, definitely. That's the that's the plan to qualify. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the love Paralympic it. Games. So. I love that. Um, if I can do that, that'll be that'll be good, and then do well. Yeah. Aim to aim to do as, as as good as possible. So if I can get to a medal match in the Paralympic Games and win, I'll be happy with that. Ah, so are we looking at Paris or are you looking beyond Paris or is um, it I'd like to do Paris and potentially the one after as well oh, fantastic. obviously I see how things are yeah. generally at that time but I would love to do both what was on the more immediate horizon for you so is there anything this year when does Paralympic qualification start that's November okay. in the world championships right in Azerbaijan oh, that's the first uh, first qualifier so if I can get a decent placing in that, you know, seventh and above, yeah, fifth medal hopefully if I if I do well, um, it puts me in a good position. And if I can continue to repeat that, then I'll be in with a in with a good shout of qualifying. So fantastic. Now yeah yeah you're in exalted company. Been very lucky on the show to to get uh, like some previous VIG docker. So we've had Sam Ingram, we've had uh, Chris Skelly. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I can't think off the top of my head. So it would be, uh, <laughs> it'd be great to see you end up uh, alongside those guys, like with a with a, a medal at the Paralympics. Um, are you? What, what's coming up before the worlds? What, what's what's next on your journey? Like, uh, got Brazil in three weeks. Uh, that's a Grand Prix. So that's a ranking event as well. Oh, and then Europeans in, I think it's the first of September. So we've got two more events before qualifying yeah and so what what are you looking to do since then so like between them and be just train train as as much as i can because i'm here in the week cool um so i train as much as i can develop as much as i can try and get my strategies and my game plan down yeah get the most out of it how have you found it so you've been part, part of the vi squad for several years now yeah um, and during that time they've had several different coaches like is there a learning curve for the coaches when they come in to work with you um, with me specifically I, I think well yeah with the, with the VI squad is, yeah. it, is it different do you think yes uh, well do you have to educate the coach basically Connor what I'm asking is have you had to educate me have you had to train me so that I can not, not be really. useful to you <laughs> not really I, I think I don't think so at all um, he's nodding his head he's saying this he just doesn't want to admit it on camera <laughs> sometimes I have to say oh like this this like this technique I, I find hard to feel yeah or this this is difficult for me to understand where mo where, where movement's happening and things like that uh, can be different can be different yeah but as the VI squad we've got so like I'm the only J1 on yeah. the squad okay the rest of the guys say they can see to do that stuff yeah so it depends on the level of sight of the person yeah. So if you're dealing with somebody with with decent sight, you don't really need to change anything. It's, it's kind of normal. But if you, the worse it gets, the more sort of 
changes come in and the more sort of you have to be a bit more adaptable to to different things I so chance chance to get your own back what's the most annoying thing that a coach regularly does for you now I, I don't coach you that regularly so <laughs> it may not be a chance to get your own back on me but on somebody um, it's, it's, what's the most frustrating thing oh it's nobody here like <laughs> no one here has done this or not for a long time like someone here has done it but they're not here anymore so I'm gonna I'm not gonna say who it was but there's two things that really piss me off to okay. be honest one of them is oh, using your eyes as an excuse Right. That one, I can't stand that because if I wanted to do that, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> and second one is like, oh, just like, relax. Now, relax can mean a lot of things. And especially when you can't see the person, if you've got your hands on somebody and you relax, you can't feel anything. Ah, okay. So, and if you, if you relax too much, yeah, it's like, you need to be fully relaxed. It's like, no, I don't. I'll, I'll get thrown. I'll get thrown if I do that. There needs to be a middle ground. But yeah, there's like these two things that irritate me. But apart from that, everyone's really good. Um, very thoughtful, very adaptable. Um, I work with Fitz a lot. Yeah. He's the main, so main you, coach I work with. Do you train at Hardy's Spices or do yeah. you train with the GB Centre during the day? Uh, I train at Hardy's Spices. Awesome. So, um, so that's my main point of training. Oh. And Fitz has been really good, like from day one. He, Don't he, say that. Fitz is a regular contributor to this show. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's, he said to me from day one. I remember he said to me, he was like, because he knew I was losing my sight at, this, at that time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know what to do. And if you ask him, he'll admit, he, he'll admit to it. And but over the years, um, he's really we've, we've worked, we've worked all over. He's worked out most of it, to be honest. But we've worked out together um, how to do different things. Yeah. Um, and it's been great. A lot of progress. So. So you, you talked about your site has deteriorated over time. How has that changed how you train? Or how has that changed like the day-to-day for you, being a judo player? Well, that's, um, that, that's a difficult one because when I was 20, I could see relatively well in well, comparison to what I can see now. I can't see anything now. Um, just, as I came, just before I came here, when I was 20, it started to deteriorate. So I started to lose my navigation vision. I couldn't read my phone properly. And by the time I was 22, 23, I could see light, dark, and bits of colours and stuff. And as of last year, I can't see anything at all. So it changes the way that you move around the mat. It changes the way that you get from point A to point B, generally, everyday life things. Um, you get disorientated a lot. One of the big things I've had in the past year since I've lost the rest of my sight, especially because I couldn't train for nearly a year afterwards because of COVID, was... Yeah. Um, disorientation um, and feeling sick and vertigo when I'm training because my brain doesn't receive any visual stimulation so it becomes very it's like it's a brain imbalance so that's the big the biggest problem I have in judo is probably probably that is that something that still affects you because again I remember when I started and we were working together initially um, and I think this was you coming back on the map just come back here yeah Um, I was a bit I wasn't doing very well at that stage yeah. yeah No, but again, for, for me, I've seen perhaps some of the changes because you've gone from being having a level of nerves over it, stress over it, anxiety over it, if you will, to looking a lot more confident. Are they things you can feel yourself? Yeah. Um, so we don't know if the actual physical symptoms are going to go away. Mm-hmm. And they do make me quite ill sometimes. Okay. And they can put me out off the mat, depending on how bad it is. But I'm trying to become more comfortable feeling like that. Yeah. And it is working. Like I'm starting to become more used to it. Um, trying to learn where the boundaries are 
And if we if I can manage that, then I, I can do a lot better. But it is working, um, getting a lot more confident, as you said. Cool. Feeling a lot better with it. How do you deal with that on competition day? Because competition day brings its own stress. Yeah, that's, surely. that's difficult. Yeah, it's it's the worst in competition. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Is it is it something that is brought on? Brought on. That's not the right phrase. Like added to by the stress yeah. of the event. The stress, unknown thing. environment. Yeah, yeah. Big open space, which then leaves my head spinning. Um, okay. No reference point visually, obviously. It, it causes a lot of problems. Um, considering that, did all right in Nur Sultan. Like, I, and I had <laughs> Love that. massive problems with it, actually, in my first fight, especially. I came off the mat and I was ill. I, right, was, okay. I was worried, actually, about, about it for the first five, ten minutes, but still uh, managed to work through it, yeah. which is a positive sign. Um, yeah, yeah. So it can only get better from there, really, but yeah, it is a problem, and sometimes it can be bad, and some days it can be fine. So you, you've got a lot of events coming up. What are you particularly looking forward to this year? Um, I'd say the first qualifier. Yeah. Because I want to see where I am in that. Because it's a few months down the line. I want to see where I can get to in that, in that event. Love first that. event as a qualifier. I want, to see if I, can, I want to see if I can do well. So that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. It's like everything is a build up to that. Yeah, amazing. Um, what I'd love to do, mate, uh, is like have a regular check-in with you, maybe, for the pod. Keep them nice and punchy and short. This is, this is by the way, the first in-person recording that I've ever done for the podcast. So we are sat in a room live. Everything else previously has been done either by Skype or by Zoom. Yeah. So this is the first in-person recording. So this is a little bit special. So, um, But what I'd like to do, we're doing it between judo sessions. It would be great if in you know six months' time, uh, back in November, going into Christmas, we could have a catch-up again, and then a bit further down the line, following your journey towards the Paralympics, I would love that. Now, I feel like I'm pressuring you, putting no, you on no. the spot to agree to this. <laughs> no, and I, you can I, always I pull out later, but I'd love that <laughs> if you'd be up for it. Yeah, I'd be up for that, definitely. Awesome. Well, look, guys, it has been... Everyone listening, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here, Connor. So thank you thank very you. much. Um, I feel like I normally ask people questions when I finish an interview, but I've completely forgotten. So we'll catch them up in, in, in a few <laughs> months' time. Um, but yeah, guys, as usual, blah, blah, blah. Like, subscribe, all that nonsense. Tell a friend about it. Retweet. There. Yeah. I will catch you soon. See you later.